Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Train, Eat, Repeat podcast, here for another week, giving you all the information so that you can live your life in a simplified manner around training, nutrition, and mindfulness practices. What are we going to be touching on today? As we know, as as the COVID pandemic, it hasn't really changed, but as states start to reopen and gyms start to reopen, there's going to be a lot of you that are going to be itching to go back to your old routines or to try and do the things you were doing before this shutdown. And I I highly advise against you doing that, and we'll talk a little bit why that is so important. As it starts to get hotter outside, it just hit 91 degrees here uh, in Michigan yesterday. I want to make sure that we talk hydration and why it's so important, not only just for your health, but also for your athletic goals um, and the goals that you're striving for, why hydration plays such a huge role, and some of the habits that you can put in place right now to ensure that you stay hydrated and overall just stay healthy. And then we're going to just talk about expectations and why it's so important to not set an unrealistic expectation when it comes to our goals. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Again, you can scroll through the podcast if you have one interest area that is more appealing to you versus others. Please make sure if you haven't done so already. Give me your feedback. Give me your comments either on Spotify, on my uh, Instagram handle at fit underscore ferent or at traineatrepeat.co. Send me a quick email on what you think of the show and more importantly, what you guys want to hear about because I want to cover those topics with you. So let's jump right into the, the first part of the show and, the, and around training. And I want to caution everybody out there as they start to head back into their gyms or head back to wherever it is they were working out. If you were going to a CrossFit box, uh, the most important thing is, is to go really slow when you get back. And the reason behind that is, is that you've been off now for anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks. Um, While some of you may have been doing some form of a workout, it's been drastically different than what maybe you were doing before. And if you have taken on exercise as a brand new habit over the course of this COVID-19 pandemic, well, congrats to you. I applaud you because that habit is a hard thing to build. And I think the best thing you can do for yourself is continue that trend uh, as we start to come out and, and the economy starts to reopen and we get back into our gym facilities. So what does going slow look like? Well, first of all, we have that opportunity to work on some of our shortcomings. So let's just say, for instance, that maybe you were nagging a, a left knee injury, um, and albeit it wasn't something very serious that you've gotten clearance from your health practitioner that you actually can exercise. So we're not talking about like an ACL tear, but maybe you just had some discomfort, or maybe you had trouble getting into a certain position or acquiring a certain skill. Take this as an opportunity to go back and work on those skills, right? Because we're already detrained. We've already probably lost a significant amount of strength or endurance. So to go back and try and train at the same intensity that you did before is almost going to set a bad expectation for yourself. And it just so happens that we're going to be talking about expectations later. But that's going to set you into a place where Either you're going to fail and you'll fall on your face or you'll feel discouraged. And that's not where we need to be right now, especially with all the stress that's going on in our world right now. We don't need to add on to that. And so what I suggest and where I usually start my clients off, especially if they're a beginner, but in this case, everybody is a beginner. 
but go back and start to work on a few key pieces. So number one is mobility. And we've talked a little bit about the proper warm-up, talking about inhibiting the muscle tissue, so sort of foam rolling, lengthening the tissue, and then working it through that range of motion to activate that tissue. And so that can be very beneficial for you during this time where you're slowly getting back to your normal cadence because if you have greater mobility, you're going to feel more stable and thus the gains that you'll see on later on down the road are going to be more beneficial. The other piece too is start light. And, and try not to do as much volume. And so typically I'll start somebody off with two sets of somewhere between 10 and 15 repetitions for those major movements. So major movements being your squats, your deadlifts, overhead press, uh, your horizontal press, uh, any type of pulling movement like a pull-up or a row, and start there. Focus on activating those muscles or feeling the muscles that are intended. So the reason why you want to stay in that rep range is that the lighter weight will ensure that we're not compromising form for the amount of weight that we're lifting. And then number two, it means that we're not going to really tax that tissue because I don't want you to be debilitatingly sore for the first two or three weeks you're back in the gym. That's not going to serve you well later on down the road. And then focus on your recovery. So that's something that usually gets put by on the wayside when we're running around, where we have a full-time job, we're taking the kids to soccer practice, you know, we work out and run out of the gym without stretching or foam rolling. Take the time to focus on those recovery techniques. And then like the best recovery technique we talked about last week was sleep. Try and see if you can get into a better sleep pattern as you start get, getting back to a normal way of life. But those are some things that I would definitely suggest. Do not try to go full bore back into the gym because, again, it's not going to set the right expectation for yourself. You will be let down. And I most importantly, I don't want you to end up injured, which I've seen all too often when people try to go full blast. So let's switch gears and, and talk a little bit about nutrition. Uh, and hydration to me is is probably one of the things that most people overlook. In fact, most of the uh, one of the first habits that I instill in people when I sit down with them is to carry around a reusable water bottle. So whether that's a Yeti, uh, obviously steel a little bit better than plastic because as plastic gets heated, it releases BPA into the water, which is a whole different topic. But my entire purpose is to make sure that they're drinking enough water throughout the day. And there's a lot of variables that play into exactly how much water is is enough. Um, you know, half your body weight in ounces is something that's out there from the United States Olympic Committee. Uh, you know, in another uh, piece of literature, two liters of water per day, and that's also including water that you would get through uh, water-like foods, so like your vegetables and your fruits, that obviously that adds to your hydration component. Um, overall, though, I, I think the biggest thing is just trying to create a consistent habit where we are drinking water throughout the day. Um, and it's very easy to know if you are dehydrated. Uh, and people might say, well, when your mouth is dry. Well, that's that's one, but that also could be attributed to allergies or a medication you're taking. Uh, one of the best ways to know if you're dehydrated or not is actually to look at your urine. And so somewhere around that colorless, slightly yellowish, soft yellow, uh, you know, sort of a pale gold, that means you're well hydrated. Okay, and so anything beyond that. So once you start getting to dark gold, gold brown, light brown, dark brown, that means that your body is dehydrated. So the next time you go to the bathroom, make sure you take a look 
at your urine and, and sort of, you know, on that scale, you know, look at it and say, am I dehydrated? And if you are, try and make it a habit to get more water into your diet. And it's not just water, but it's also electrolytes. So electrolytes essentially are components that help with fluid retention. Sodium being one of those electrolytes, magnesium being another electrolyte, but are gonna help you to absorb that water. Now, if you're eating a very high processed diet, more than likely you're getting in enough sodium, maybe even borderline too much sodium. If you're eating a really clean diet, you're cooking most of your meals, you probably could add a little bit of sea salt into your diet, especially if you're upping your workouts outside where it's hot and where fluid loss is going to be at a higher rate. But on a baseline level, these are some of the things that you should pay attention to or sort of the uh, factors that you should look at prior to uh, working out. So number one, you should consume about 500 milliliters. For those of you out there that don't like to do the conversions, which I'm not a math major by any means, 500 milliliters is about 17, 17, 18 ounces of water about 30 minutes before your exercise. So if you're a morning workout person, that would be a really solid time for you to wake up first thing. And before you grab your coffee or your tea, whatever your, your pleasure is, take in that 500 milliliters of water. If you wanna mix in, sometimes I would have clients mix in a couple cracks of Himalayan sea salt, just so that way they can actually absorb some of that water. If you did some drinking the night before, it might require a little bit more electrolytes because obviously that's something that's going to dehydrate you. And again, look at, when you go to the bathroom in the morning, look at your urine and you'll be able to tell whether or not you need a little bit more fluids that morning, or maybe you are hydrated already, which would be fantastic. Then during your workout, we also want to sip on an electrolyte water balanced beverage. And again, your, your electrolyte balance should only be about 8 to 10%. And so you'll just want to take a look at the difference in the fluid and the amount of electrolytes in it to know what that variance should look like. Me personally, I mix a branch chain amino acid complex powder in with my water and I sip that throughout my workout. So it gives me those electrolytes so that my body can actually utilize those fluids and keep myself hydrated throughout my workout. But about 250 milliliters every 15 minutes or so because as you're working out, you're depleting that water source and so we need to be able to put it back in. And in some cases, it actually is a is a sort of a a wash. You really don't get hydrated during a workout. If anything, you're sort of just trying to make sure that you stay at an even keel. Then after your workout, we want to consume electrolytes along with carbohydrates. And the reasoning behind that is, is that your carbohydrates are going to aid with fluid retention. It's also going to help with regulating your blood glucose. And it's also going to help with protein synthesis as well. So that's going to allow you to repair damaged muscle tissue and also help with that hydration as well. And so what are you looking at after an exercise? Well, it kind of depends on your body weight, but anywhere between 400 to 800 milligrams of water. And again, not something that you need to chug because we don't want gastrointestinal uh, distress and we don't want that to happen either. But one of the best habits, if you're going to take anything out of this, whether it's before, during, or after exercise hydration, is get in the habit of carrying water with you throughout the day. Because what I've found with clients I've worked with, when you 
don't carry that water bottle. Let's say you have just a, a plastic water bottle and you recycle it after you're done. Well, then it's out of sight, out of mind. You go three, four hours, you're really busy, you're running around. Then all of a sudden you realize, wow, I'm really thirsty. What hydration can also do for you is it can actually keep hunger pains at bay. A lot of times people confuse hydration with hunger or they confuse the fact that they're thirsty with hunger. And so what do they do? They end up eating more. So there's a lot of factors that play into why exactly hydration is so important, but wanted to make sure that we touched on it this week, specifically because I know most of you are doing your workouts outside, or if you're just doing normal daily activity outside, you're losing a lot more fluid than you think you are, and the reason for that is the heat, but then also your body is having to work harder. And when you're starting to get dehydrated, what your body will do is that it will try to protect your heart and your brain from overheating. So then you're basically your endurance and your performance will drop off. So you're going to feel fatigued, you're going to feel sluggish, and then it could lead to things like heat stroke, things like that that are very serious. But more so than anything, we want to make sure that we stay hydrated throughout the day and especially around our workouts. We talked a little bit about the the expectation piece and how it relates to your workouts. And I was thinking about this the other day because no matter what you're trying to accomplish, whether you're trying to start a new business, you're trying to go after a a new uh, health and weight loss goal, whatever it may be, you need to set a expectation for yourself or an expectation of what you have in terms of what it's going to take to get to where you want to go. And so hopefully that doesn't confuse you too much. But if you don't have the right expectations going into something, number one, you're going to feel let down. Number two, you're probably not going to want to continue on with that program or or go towards that goal because it's defeating. It's, you know, you set out and you're like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. And I saw a really great meme and I'll post it soon on on. Uh, Instagram and Facebook, but it was a continuum of what it takes to be great and the feelings that you go through. And I would say that the overwhelming majority of that continuum, you're unsure of yourself, you feel defeated, you feel like you can't do it, and that's where expectations come in. And so the first step in setting the right expectation is, are you conscious of it? Are you aware of your expectations? Have you sat down and really contemplated, what am I expecting this process to look like? What am I expecting to get out of this process? How long is this process going to take? And I would almost say err on the side of making your expectations higher than what you think they may need to be, which is might sometimes might be hard to do. Well, how do I know what I don't know? But look to other people. And that's where the realistic piece comes in is, is there evidence to support that the expectation is reasonable? Have other people done it in the time frame you're looking to do it? Have people succeeded on this program and been able to thrive? If there's no evidence, then it's not a realistic expectation. And then you're back at square one, and then you might quit. You might think it's not for you. And I don't want that to happen to you. Because expectations is a measurement for progress. If we don't have the expectation of what we want to try to accomplish, 
well, then why? What, what are we aiming for? And we've talked about earlier about the, the SMART goals, and this plays directly into it, right? Realistic is a part of that SMART plan. But I think the expectations that you have for yourself and, in, in certain cases, the expectations you have of others in relationships, that's where you can get into trouble. So I think one of the best things to do is, number one, be conscious of your expectation. Are you aware of your own expectations, whether it be of yourself and what you're trying to accomplish or of others? And then is it realistic? Do you have evidence to support that the expectation is reasonable? So think about those things this week and sort of set some new expectations for yourself in your business life, in your relationships, in your fitness life. I think they will go a long way in helping you put perspective around what it is that you're trying to accomplish and then how you're going to get there. And that's it, guys. A very short episode this week. Again, uh, let me know what you guys want to hear about so that way I can get it covered for you guys. Work on your hydration this week. Everybody, if you don't have one, go out and buy a reusable water bottle. There's so many on the market right now. Go buy a reusable water bottle and just make it your plan to sip on that water throughout the day. You will feel much, much better and you will perform much, much better. Please take it slow when you get back into your fitness routines. Maybe again, set some new expectations for yourself for month one, month two, month three. This is a really solid time to be really reflective on what you want to try to accomplish. And then just like we just talked about, Please set the right expectations for yourself and make sure that you're conscious of them and that it's a realistic expectation as you move forward. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Until next time, be kind, be humble, and work your ass off. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.